the Armchair Cricket Podcast News Roundup. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. In this stylist episode, we would like to take a look at the news from the concluding games of IPL, from uh, some of the international cricket happening between Pakistan and Zimbabwe, as well as uh, all the interesting news from around the cricketing world. I'm your host, Ajit. Maybe let's first take a look at the international cricket that's currently ongoing. So, we had discussed the first two ODIs of uh, the Zimbabwe tour of Pakistan previously. And in the third ODI, Zimbabwe sprung a surprise and beat Pakistan in the Super Over. So, batting first, Zimbabwe made 278 for six on the back of Sean Williams's uh, unbeaten 100. Renate Taylor made 56, Madhavere 33, and Raza 45. And for Pakistan, Mohammad Hasnain, coming back to the ODI squad, took 5 for 26 in some very fast, very aggressive bowling. Pakistan, who began to chase this, did not start really well. Their top order sort of wobbled, only Babar Azam held you know, strong. And uh, he was supported well by number 7, Kushtil Shah, and number 8, Wahabriyas, who made uh, 52. But both Wahabriyas and uh, Babar Azam were dismissed very close to the target. And that meant, you know, the tailenders had to try to get Pakistan across the line. Requiring 5 of the last ball, the ball was misfielded in the deep. And as a result, Pakistan tied the game. But in the regular play, Dressing Muzarabani had taken a 5-R and he was also the player who was going to take the ball for Zimbabwe and he was not to be denied as he took two Pakistani wickets in the Super Over and just conceded two runs and this was chased down for no loss by Zimbabwe in their turn to bat. So this means Zimbabwe, even though they lost the series 2-1, they managed to get one back for themselves. In the first T20I that took place, it was a bit more, uh, let's say, dominant performance by Pakistan. Zimbabwe batted first and they scored 156 thanks to an unbeaten 70 by Madhavere. Sean Williams 25 and Brendan Taylor 20 supported him and of course Elton Chigambura, Chigambura, who's coming back into the squad, made an unbeaten 21. But really this was not going to be very challenging as far as Pakistan was concerned. They got a solid start but then Babar Azam continued doing really well. He finished with 82 and uh, scoring with a strike rate of nearly 150 and Mohammad Hafiz who scored 32. And the experienced you just took Pakistan home with not a lot of uh, fanfare. So that was an easy win for Pakistan. In the ongoing uh, T20, so the second of the T20s is actually currently ongoing. In this case, Zimbabwe are in a bit of trouble. They are 66 for 5 at the end of 10 hours. And it looks like maybe it might be another easy victory for Pakistan. Usman Qadir is playing in this game. The son of the famous Abdul Qadir was also a leg spinner himself. And he's taken two wickets in an hour. Now, if you were to take a look at the IPL, so we know that uh, we were already you know, discussing some of the last matches leading into the qualifiers. In the 55th game, it was a Delhi versus Bangalore game and this was the team that would win would uh, you know, qualify directly as the second ranked team and the loser would get a chance to play the eliminator. So in this case, Royal Challengers Bangalore were again a bit tentative. They made only 152 for 7, batting first. And De Villiers 35, Kohli 29, Dev the Pradikal 50. But really nobody was able to force the pace. But Delhi Capitals, Ashwin did a wonderful job. He took 1 for 18 and uh, Norkia took 3 for 33. And when it came their turn to bat, Delhi Capitals were uh, you know off to a slightly inauspicious start because they lost Prithi Shaw very early. But Shikhar Dhawan, who made 54, and Ajinkya Rahane, who made 60, made sure that, let's say, the back of the 
chase was broken. And in the end, there were some hiccups, but Rishabh Pant made 8 and then Marcus Stoinis hit out a little bit 10 at the end and won the game for Delhi Capitals quite comfortably. So, this meant, you know, uh, Delhi Capitals qualified as the second. They, they would get them to play the first qualifier against Mumbai Indians. So, this was number 1 Mumbai Indians versus number 2 Delhi Capitals. But in this case, before that, we had another very pivotal game, of course, that uh, whether SRH would qualify as the poor team. So, they had their last game of the league stages, which uh, they would play against uh, Mumbai Indians. So, Mumbai Indians in this game chose to rest some of their stars. And uh, in spite of this, it was going to be a close contest for sure because Rohit Sharma came back to captain Mumbai Indians. So, in this case, Mumbai Indians batted first. The cop made 25, Surikumar 36, Ishan Kishan 33, and Paul Hartford finished strong, making 41. But uh, they were only able to tally 149 at the end of 20 overs. So, Sandeep Sharma continued his impressive form at the top, taking 3 for 34. Older took 2 for 25. So, Nadim again did a good job and he actually outshone Rashid Khan by taking 2 for 19. It's clearly visible that the injection of Jason Holder has brought a lot of calm as well as some much needed confidence as far as Sunrise Hyderabad are concerned. And that was visible very clearly also on their performances on the field. So, we could see that... Uh, uh, in spite of you know the best efforts of Mumbai in this game, Sunrisers Hyderabad openers were really dominant. David Warner made an unbeaten 85, and Riddhiman Saha made an unbeaten 58, and they won the game by 10 wickets. So this meant Sunrisers Hyderabad qualified as a third-ranked team, and uh, RCB would be the fourth-ranked team. So this would you know take us directly to the first um, qualifier where uh, Mumbai and Delhi faced off each other. So faced off against each other. So, in this case, Mumbai Indians batting first brought their A-game back. They also had all their restricted superstars back. Hardik Pandya came in, so did Bol- Bolton Bumrah. So, this meant batting first, Mumbai uh, made 200 at uh, the end of 20 overs for just 5 wickets. So, uh, Dakok took uh, you know uh, them off to a flying start. He made 40 of 25 balls. He was really, really well supported. And by Surikumar Yadav, who himself went on to make 51. Ishan Kishan sort of upped the rate at the right time scored 55 of just 30 and in the end Ardik Pandya scored 37 of 14. So, you know, in spite of their best efforts, Delhi bowlers were carted all over the field. I think Ashwin was the one signing standout there. He took 3 for 29 of his 4 overs. Narkia went out, went for a too few many. He took 1 for 50 of 4 overs. When it came their turn to bat, Delhi were in a really, really big spot of bowlers. They were 0 for 3 and uh, at the at the end of almost nine balls of their innings, it looked like the contest could be over. And that's how it turned out to be because Marcus Tawani made 65, Akshar Patel 42. But in spite of all that, you know, Delhi Capitals lost the game comfortably. They were only uh, able to make 143 for eight. So as far as um, Mumbai Indians bowling was concerned, Jaspit Bumra took four for 14, Trent Bolt two for nine. And of course, Krunal Pandya and uh, Karen Pollard supported them well. So this meant Mumbai have qualified to play in the IPL finals to be held on the 10th of November. So whom they would face is still uh, up for discussion because in the first eliminator that followed, it was uh, the game between SRH and RCB. But then RCB still looked a bit insipid. So they batted first and they were only able to make 131. Finch made 32. He was brought back into the squad and he batted 3 with Kohli opening. But the opening pair failed for RCB and then Emilius did his bit, scoring 56 of 43, but there was nobody there to support him. And that meant, you know, just a target of 131 was presented. In this case, Holder again came to the party with the ball for SRH. He took 3 for 25. Sandeep Sharma was really, really economical, just considering 
21 runs of his 4 overs but not taking any wickets. But that meant, you know, this is a very low target. RCB tried their best with the ball. And, uh, you know, they stretched Desarich all the way till the end. But uh, there was a masterclass from Kane Williamson, a chase masterclass. And even though they sort of wobbled at the top, Manish Pandey and Williamson laid the platform. But then once Pandey was dismissed, Kane Williamson finished 15 not out and made sure along with Jason Holder, who, you know, hit a couple of timely boundaries in the last over. Uh, he was 24 not out and these two took SRH home. This meant SRH have qualified to play in the second qualifier. And the second qualifier we expect... Uh, will be a cracker. So it is between SRH and uh, you know Mumbai Indians, and they'll be sort of smarting from their defeat with uh, SRH and uh, Delhi Capitals. And the Delhi Capitals will be sort of smarting from their defeat to Mumbai Indians earlier. And uh, sort of they have regained a bit of their form, even though they were on a four-match losing streak. They have beaten RCB now, and uh, the really the team on hot streak is the SRH team because they have won four on the bounce now. And this means it's going to be a very, very tough fight between these two teams. We know uh, how strong Sunrise's Hyderabad stop order can be, but at the same time, we know that uh, Delhi Capitals have a very strong bowling attack. So it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful game for all us cricketing fans. So let's see if you know, it's going to be as big a cracker as we really hope. Now, if you were to take a look at the ongoing Women's T20 Challenge, so all three league games have been completed. That means, you know, uh, in the first of those three games, Supernovas were beaten comfortably by uh, Velocity. So, even though the game went until the penultimate uh, ball of the match, uh, it was not going to be much of a contest. So, batting first, Supernovas made 126 for 8. And uh, when it came their turn to chase, Velocity were able to do it rather comfortably. Uh, even though it, they could have probably finished it off a bit earlier, um, there was some good bowling by Supernova towards the end. That meant, you know, Velocity were made to work for their runs. Veda Krishnamurti made 29, Sushma Varma 34, and then Sane Luz, who hit out at the end, uh, made an unbeaten 37 and took Velocity home. So, you know, Velocity were uh, off to a good start here, but their very second match, they really did not do well. So, in their second game, they were 47 all-out batting first against the Trailblazers. So, in this game, nobody was able to make a really meaningful contribution from the bat. And even though they played out 15 overs, they were only able to make 47 runs. And, uh, you know, the Trailblazers really comfortably won this uh, with, you know, more than 12 overs to spare. And uh, Deandra Dottin made 29 and uh, Richa Ghosh 13. So in this case, it was a bit of a, you know, a letdown as far as Velocity was concerned because they started the tournament strongly. But their captain, Mithali Raj, felt with just 12 between the games to recover, it was probably a bit tough for her team. And uh, they really could not do well. In the third of the league games, Trailblazers were up against Supernovas. And this was a cracker of a contest with Supernovas again batting first and making a very competitive 146 for 6 in their 20 overs. Thanks to a very strong top order batting, uh, Priya Punia made 30, Athapattu, Chamari Athapattu made 67, and Harman Preet Kaur made 31. There was not a lot of support in the back end of the innings, but they seemed to have a strong total and they came at the Trailblazers very hard. Deandra Dott in 27, Smriti Mandana 33, Deepthi Sharma 43, and Harleen Deol 27 all tried, but in the end, uh, Trailblazers finished two runs short of the target. But this meant, you know, because they had beaten Velocity so, so comfortably, Trailblazers, Velocity were pushed to third on the league table, and that meant the finals of the Women's T20 Challenge will be again contested between Trailblazers and Supernovas. So, we look forward to that contest on the finals day as well. 
So we really hope it's going to be another cracker of a contest. Now, moving on, if you were to take a look at uh, the COVID-related news in the cricketing world, we know that uh, Mahavadullah was planning to you know, go play in the remaining games of the PSL and he had been given an NOC along with Tamim to go participate in this tournament. But unfortunately, he's been diagnosed corona positive. So he's been uh, withdrawn from the tournament. His team, Multan Sultans, will probably feel a bit uh, agonized because of this. But unfortunately, due to these ongoing times, uh, he's having to skip the tournament. Continuing with COVID-related news, Bangladesh actually have proposed a seven-day quarantine for the West Indian team that's supposed to arrive in January. So if you remember previously, we've had a discussion where there was some disagreement between the Bangladesh and Sri Lankan cricket boards as to the length of the quarantine and so on. As a result, the Sri Lankan tour of Bangladesh had to be scrapped. But maybe it will be resumed and maybe they'll play it uh, sometime in the next year once the situation is a bit better. And of course, maybe shorter quarantines can be enforced. Now, when it comes to you know some of the other cricketing news around the world, so there has been some very heartening news from Afghanistan, who first of all gone on to appoint a new CEO, Rahmatullah Qureshi, because we know that their previous CEO, Lutfullah Stanikzai, had been removed from his post for some mismanagement and misbehavior. So Rahmatullah Qureshi will now be leading ACB in the upcoming period. And we don't know if it's already a, because of the change in new management, but they have actually taken a look at 40 women cricketers from around the country who are put in a camp and trained and also given some fit fitness as well as skill tips. And out of this pool, Afghanistan uh, Cricket Board has declared that they will uh, pick uh, 25 women uh, for a special contract. And these women would also be the crux of the, let's say, the playing 11 as well as the squad for the women's team. So this is a very, very welcome uh, news that we hear from Afghanistan. And we really hope they field a women's cricket team that's as successful as well as as entertaining as their men's cricket team. Moving on, there have been a couple of retirement or upcoming retirement news. So Marilyn Samuels, who was man of the match in both the T20 World Cup finals that West Indies have won, has retired from international cricket. He was, you could say, a bit of an underachiever when it came to tests and in ODIs as well to an extent, but he's definitely going to be remembered for those two man of the match winning finals performances for West Indies in the World T20 Cup. Another person who's announced his retirement is Elton Chigumbura from Zimbabwe. So Elton Chigumbura, who's been on the edge of the Zimbabwe squad, has now been selected to play in the T20s against Pakistan. And he has said that he'll be retiring at the end of the series against Pakistan. So we wish both Marlon Samuels as well as Elton Chigumbura good luck with their second innings post-playing career. In some other news, Sri Lankan government has given a go-ahead for the LPL tournament. So the Lanka Premier League, which is slated to begin on 27th of November, and there still have to be some things worked out. I think uh, Surya Veva has come up as the primary choice for venue, and probably that's where it's going to be held, and it remains to be seen how successful it will be. But all the plans are being put in place, we are told, and the government has given a go-ahead as well. So this is all coming to be very positive as far as LPL is concerned. And uh, when we move on to take a look at BBL, we know that BBL will probably start off in Tasmania and Canberra in these two provinces and or in these two hubs, cricketing hubs. And then it will be moving to the other bigger cities. So we are yet awaiting the full schedule as well as the, you know, the venues that will be hosting them. We already know that Stephen Smith has decided to opt out, but it remains to be seen if some of the other cricketing superstars from Australia also maybe take a break before the big comic test series uh, against India.
in a bit of good news michael holding has been appointed to the mcc foundation as a patron so we know that mcc is charitable arm mcc foundation uh, could really use the help of somebody like uh, holding whose you know very impassioned words will stay with us he was speaking about the racism that is faced by players or when he was a player the some of the bad experiences he had and how impassioned those words were and as a result this would be a right sort of a person to act as a patron for the mcc foundation surely so we congratulate holding on this appointment and i'm sure he will be up to the task these were all the news that we wanted to discuss in this episode we thank you for continuing patronage and continuing to listen to our podcast uh, we really hope you also stick with us in the upcoming weeks months and years in this case if you have any thoughts that you would like to share with us please don't hesitate you could always reach out to us at armchairquickpod on twitter we try to be online during international and ipl games for example or you could write into us at armchair.cricket@gmail.com you know with the finals of the ipl both the women's t20 challenges as well as the men's ipl coming up there's plenty of interesting cricket to look forward to in the coming week also there are, there are the you know the ongoing second t20a as well as the third t20a between pakistan and zimbabwe so we wish to have your company for the upcoming episodes as well and i would like to wish you a good day bye bye the armchair cricket podcast news roundup